Hello, fabulous friends, fans, and superstars. Welcome to your horoscope for the week of November 8, 2020. I am your astrologer, Nadia Shaw. Thank you for being here. It is a remarkable astrological week, big and powerful things happening in the sky now. And I would say it has been a very intense year, right? 2020 really stands out. A lot has happened now. But it is this week that in many ways is going to bring a lot of that intensity to the surface. But here's the thing, we also have an opportunity to cultivate compassion for ourselves and for others. And we also have an opportunity to, in some ways, transcend through being more deeply honest with ourselves as to where it is that we have power and where it is that we don't and finding empowerment in the process. And so I want to illustrate what is happening this week with the story, because I actually think if we look at the four faces of Mara, according to Buddhist philosophy, we see exactly what's playing out here this week for all of us in our own individual journeys in particular. And the story of the Buddha is one that I have shared like one aspect or another over the years. I have found uh, the Buddha's example to be very important to my own uh, understanding of my spiritual growth and I continue to find ways to come back to uh, some of his teachings and the example that he set. And so I'm not going to talk too much about, you know, how he started off, uh, his pathway. Uh, in fact, I'm going to just jump forward, okay? We're going to go right to what makes Mara so intriguing now. And it has to do with when it was that the Buddha stood in front of a Bodhi tree. And he made the decision that he was going to sit under that Bodhi tree and he would not get up until he had reached enlightenment. Now this Bodhi tree still exists. It's uh, on the border of India and Nepal. You could visit it. I had planned to visit it <laughs> this year, but the universe had a higher plan for my life for now and that's okay. The great thing is that uh, that Bodhi tree has been well cared for, well maintained and continues to be. And so you can visit it, uh, especially once the world starts to open up. Now, Mara has been conceptualized a few different ways as a demonic energy, as a demon, as a celestial energy, as a celestial king. These are all phrases that have been associated with Mara. But while the Buddha was sitting there under that Bodhi tree, he was visited by Mara and the four faces of Mara were presented to him, along with the daughters of Mara being part of this uh, journey as well. And so the first face of Mara or one of the faces of Mara um, is untamed emotion. So this is hate and envy and greed and delusion. You know, where it is that we're getting caught up in emotion, that is where we are courting or bringing forward our own Mara. It is the second face of Mara that has to do with death because death is understood as an illusion as well. Mara is seen as an illusionary energy, one of the important illusions. Uh, of our physical existence and death is the the close of the physical self but our essential nature and who we really are is eternal and the realization of that is necessary in order to reach enlightenment so that's the second face of mara the third face of mara um, has to do with the conditioning that we have. And so there is the essential self, which is the true self. And then there is whom it is that we have been conditioned to be. And it isn't necessarily anything out of malice or uh, it isn't that it necessarily could be ill-intentioned, but 
there is this distinction made between whom it is that we were created to be and whom it is that we've been conditioned to be. And the conditioned self is ultimately associated with the third face of Mara, the illusion that ultimately keeps us from enlightenment. And then the fourth and final face of Mara has to do with sensuality and it has to do with getting caught up in uh, the physical pleasures of life, including things like status, uh, ego, thinking that we are more special than other people. Entitlement is one way that we can look at uh, Mara as well, because essentially it's like we're all special and because we're all special, none of us is special. What makes us special is that we have that energy that I like to call love and wisdom, uh, but it is an energy that is eternal as articulated by uh, Buddha. So over the course of the seven weeks that the Buddha sat under that Bodhi tree, uh, first Mara presented himself and, and tried to get him angry, tried to evoke fear within him. And it was the Buddha that was able to see this as Mara, was able to see this as an illusion and chose not to get caught up in those emotions, chose not to give his power to Mara in that moment. And then Mara shows up again and tries to convince the Buddha that he's dying, that he's going to die, that that's it, he'll be obliterated. And again, the Buddha steps back from that. He sees Mara for who he is, an expression of self, an expression within him, and decides not to give it power, that he's going to stand outside of that. And then the third face of Mara, Mara shows up and tries to tell him, look, this is all it is that this moment has prepared you to be. But Buddha sees that as well for what it is. And then finally, when all that doesn't work, Mara shows up again. And this time he has his beautiful daughters with him. And he's trying to evoke emotions within uh, the Buddha of sensuality, of desire, but also um, telling Buddha how special he is. Look at you, right? look how evolved you are. <laughs> he starts telling him things like this as a way to bring out the pride, bring out the ego, bring out that part of us or the Buddha that can get caught up in the things of the world. It was the moment when the Buddha was fully able to look at Mara and realize that this was a part of him. It wasn't just some external force, but ultimately an expression of himself that it was that Mara lost any power over the Buddha. And it was that moment when the Buddha was able to fully own his Mara, that he was also able to transcend it. And in transcending it, he reached enlightenment. As I look at the sky now, I think about how this story of the Buddha, this sense of facing our own Mara and the four faces of our own Mara very likely are going to show up in one way or another. When I say that this is an intense week, you can imagine the Buddha sitting under the Bodhi tree. That was an intense journey that he went on. If it is a journey that leads to enlightenment, you know that that's not an easy journey because things like enlightenment are earned. And especially if we're still here and in these bodies, chances are we're never gonna to get to that high plane of the Buddha, but we can spiral our way there a little at a time. 
becoming a little more free as we go along. But we cannot evolve unless we are willing to own our Mara, unless we are willing to own our projections, to own our fears, to understand the root of them. That is the very hard work of spirituality. That sometimes is um, not something that people want to take up. Why would you? It is not easy. It wasn't easy for the Buddha sitting under that tree, having to look at Mara, having to look at all the fear, all the lust, all the desire, his body, his mind, totally immersed in this experience of Mara, and then seeing it for what it is, ultimately led to all kinds of good things in his life and of course in the life of so many others as well. So it is this week that I do think illusions are going to be strong. Delusions are going to be strong as well. But we also have an incredible opportunity here to see our own Mara, to see it for what it is. And as a result, in our own way, evolve, reach higher, become something more, become something better. You know, when I say that the universe is wise and loving, I don't mean that in a Pollyanna way. I don't mean that everything is always easy breezy. I mean that that is our essential nature because we are the universe. We are made of the same stuff as stars. Yes, that's one way to understand how we are the universe. But it is our most essential nature to understand that what we are made of, the part of us that continues to live on, is love and wisdom. And all the other stuff is illusion. All the other stuff is Mara. And so what is it now and where is it now that our Mara has become too much, too overwhelming, too painful, that we can't help but do the work? And I do think in many ways that so much of 2020 has led up to this moment has led up to this week and ultimately is going to give way to a shift of energy, not necessarily easily. Perhaps there are going to be people out there feeling a whole lot of stuff, crying tears if you're lucky, right? If you're owning your Mara and you're willing to go to that depth of place of owning your projections, owning your illusions, that is the first step towards transcending them. And very often that involves an intensity of emotion and that involves fear. And that involves tears to get to the place of our own personal enlightenment for now. But the potential is there. And when it is that we are fully able to recognize our Mara for what it is, we are empowered in the best possible sense. And we evolve and we move forward. And I would even say, if we go back to the story of the Buddha, the greatest thing that the Buddha did for humanity, I hope this isn't a controversial thing I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it. <laughs> the greatest thing that the Buddha did for humanity was focus on his own enlightenment, period. It was when he chose first to say, I must reach enlightenment. I will not get up. And it was through what came forward from there that he had so much more to give to others. He was able to impact humanity as he has now for so many years, over 2,500 years or so now. So what's happening this week that makes me 
so uh, inspired by Mara. Well, it's a very intense sky, without a doubt. And so much of what we've been going through has led to this moment. And now it is choice. Now we get to choose. What are we going to give power to? What we won't? Where is it that we will become conscious? Where is it that we will work towards authentic evolution? And as a result, find that much more to give to others and to ourselves? Or where is it that we're going to get all caught up in Mara? We're just going to swim in Mara and pass this time. As a collective, we are going to see extremes of both. And I know that that's not always easy. And I know that that's not always fun. But you can imagine Mara is not a fun energy. It's not a pleasant energy. However, it is a necessary step. Facing Mara is a necessary step to reach enlightenment. And all of us in our own way are on that journey. And so how quickly you get from recognizing Mara and transcending Mara, that is choice. That is part of the world and the universe that we are co-creating together. Okay. What's happening this week? Well, look, we've got a very active Neptune. Neptune is illusion. Early in the week, we've got the Sun trine Neptune. That is a beautiful energy that we have in the first days of the week, right? That can be very compassionate, but that can also be um, one that rewards the illusion, rewards being caught up in the illusion as well. And then as we get to the end of the week, Venus will quincunx Neptune. And that is very quick moments of diving into illusion and maybe not knowing you're there. And it is that very sensual, uh, status-driven part of Mara, the fourth face of Mara, that really starts to show itself. But it isn't just that. What's also happening as we move in the last days of the week, the very big news is Jupiter conjunct Pluto. These two planets meeting in the sky for the third and final time this year, that is the intensity of the illusion itself, but also the invitation to see it for what it is because the illusion has become painful. And then at the very end of the week, Mars goes direct. So as we begin this week, Mars has slowed right down, appearing to stand still in the sky. And Mars is... I have often said, I see Mars as the serenity affirmation. The serenity affirmation is grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. That is the higher meaning of Mars. And we choose, right? When I look at, for example, Ptolemy. So Ptolemy wrote a book called Tetrabiblos about 2000 years ago. And this book is considered too many to be the foundational text to Western astrology. And in this book, at the very beginning of the book, in the introduction, Ptolemy starts off by saying, it isn't just what's happening in the sky. It isn't just your birth chart, but there are so many other factors at play that will determine who you are. So things like the family you're born into, the culture you're born into. So even at the very beginning, as we begin this practice that becomes modern astrology, there is this acknowledgement that um, it isn't about us just going along with the winds of fate, but that there is participation playing out between us and the unfolding of the cosmos. Now, of course, we understand that much more 
psychological ways in which we approach the chart. It was Alan Leo, um, who was part of uh, the theosophy movement, esoteric astrology is what he's really known for. Um, and so he, back in the 1800s, was saying that your consciousness will determine how you experience the sky. And so he actually lays out three levels of consciousness and how that is going to determine how you experience life. And so he is even putting us in the position of acknowledging that the work we do on ourselves to become more conscious ultimately determines how we experience the cosmos. And according to the Buddhists, their understanding of Mara, even to the early Buddhists, wasn't just literal. It was also metaphorical. It was also psychological. They were recognizing that back then, that these aren't just external forces, but what is happening within, in our human experience. And that there are ways to move through these spaces of Mara so that we can move towards our positive and most loving and most wise evolution. And when we get there, we recognize the divinity within all of us. So, Mars, going direct at the end of the week. This is an awareness. On the one hand, we've got all this Neptune energy having us, you know, sort of be on a little bit of a roller coaster emotionally and in terms of our perceptions. We have that intensity. We are diving in. We are swimming in the first face of Mara which has to do with all those feelings. You could call them, you know, what we might call in the Western context, the seven deadly sins, right? We are in those energies. And then here comes Mars going forward, asking us to really get honest. Mars and Aries, asking us to own our power. And Mars and Aries ultimately is about getting to the root, getting to the truth, if we will let it if we make that choice. But I'll tell you, the work isn't easy, right? That's why a lot of us, we do the work kicking and screaming and the work is never done. We always get to those places where we're reaching deeper and deeper understandings of how Mara is playing out in our lives, where it is we're getting caught up in illusions and projections, where it is our own projections are determining what it is that we're looking at, including how we're looking at ourselves but it is ultimately the work that we've been called to do. And it is the work that more and more of us are doing because we understand that doing this work gets us to a place where more people are able to reach those stages or, or at least to glimpse enlightenment. When it is that we do that work, we have so much more to give. And also enlightenment, is peaceful okay mara is not peaceful that is a really good radar how peaceful does a choice or a decision or a feeling make us it is an acknowledging that and prioritizing peace and not kidding ourselves right ensuring that the peace is authentic because sometimes we tell ourselves something is peaceful when it's just familiar and there are a lot of people out there, you know, maybe born with a whole lot of Pluto in their chart for whom perhaps intensity is more comfortable than being calm or equilibrium. 
And if that is the case, look, a person with a strong Pluto in their chart, a person where this Jupiter-Pluto conjunction is speaking very strongly in your chart. And so if you're familiar with your chart, if you have any planet in the realm of 21 to right up to 26, I would say, right, that orb, you are going to feel this energy that much more. All of us are going to be feeling it. We will see it playing out in the collective. If it is that you were born between the 15th and 20th, right around there of any given month, you are likely to feel this energy more than most. But again, all of us and as a collective, we are experiencing this energy. And so there is this intensity, but the intensity is ultimately inviting us to transcend our Mara and you cannot transcend it until you face it until you own Mara as a part of you. As the Buddha did, he saw Mara as a mirror, as a projection. And once he had that realization, that true realization, right to his core, Mara vanished. He was surrounded by a, a flood of flower petals, a rain shower blessing him going forward from here. It was a symbol, of course, right? Flower petals are symbolic of things like abundance, of happiness, of celebration. It was cause of celebration. The work is hard. When you get to the other side, yes. And what do you gain most? You gain yourself. You gain peace. Now, these people that may have this aspect playing out in their chart in some way, I, I gave you some time frames and understandings of that. And if you have a strong Pluto in your chart, right? The will is brilliant. The will is strong. The will is a gift. Once a Pluto person, a Plutonic person dedicates themselves to a path, nothing can stop them, right? They can be very singular. And in that way, they can do great things, not only externally, if they're not as conscious, then it's focused more on the outside. But when they're conscious, it invites them to truly be reborn at least once, if not more often, in this lifetime. And every time one is reborn, they are moving more and more towards enlightenment. So let's go through some of the aspects playing out this week, even though I do think I've encapsulated what the main themes are going to be for the collective and for ourselves as well. So as we begin the week, Ceres moves into Pisces. Ceres is an asteroid that speaks to care and nourishment and genuine nourishment. The sign of Pisces is on the one hand spiritual, right? So spiritual nourishment, but it is also an energy of sacrifice, of thinking of others before you think of yourself, but it is also an energy of illusion. So where is it that staying in Mara, right? Thinking your Mara is real is exhausting you. Where is it draining you of energy? It is series now that's going to encourage each of us to find genuine spiritual nourishment and to find healthy ways of giving of ourselves, of being of service to others in a way that ultimately helps us to feel that much better. And then we are going to have Venus standing across the sky from Mars. This is important for a few reasons. Venus is in the sign of Libra. Now, of course, I would be remiss if I didn't say a lot of us right now 
are very divided. Our American brethren, right? Most of the people who watch my videos, take my classes are American. And there is this sense that American friends and fans are communicating to me that it feels very divided in many ways. Well, where is it then that we're going to find that sense of understanding? Where is it that we can bring heart even when it's hard, right? Even when we don't understand, even when we don't get it, even if it makes us angry, can we approach others with love? And what does that look like? This is going to be an experimentation, but it is ultimately an experiment that brings us back to ourselves. Very quickly afterwards, we are going to have Mercury re-entering the sign of Scorpio. Now, some things that are great about Mercury being in Scorpio, well, it has to do with being honest. Scorpio is the energy of life, death, and rebirth. And it encourages us to begin again. It encourages us to be very deeply honest with ourselves. But the not higher end, the less enlightened expression of Scorpio, and every sign out there has a more enlightened expression and an unlightened expression. And the less enlightened expression, the extreme of that, um, is manipulation. It is um, it's having to do with maybe not being very nice, right? the lower emotions, the first face of Mara, having to do with the ways in which maybe we seek with Mercury here to find ways on a level of mind, especially to maybe not be as nice to each other for the rise that it gives us. And we don't have to go there. That's the thing. That's the wonderful thing now. But if it is that we do find ourselves pursuing that, Jupiter conjunct Pluto, well, that's going to get us honest, and in some cases, very quickly. Jupiter conjunct Pluto is karmic. Pluto in particular is seen as having very strong karmic um, implications and understandings. It is deeply symbolic of the ways in which we can heal ourselves of several lifetimes in one lifetime if we do the work. And very quickly, with that conjunction, we will know where our work is. And as much work as there is to do, it may very well be Mercury moving into Scorpio that helps us to become aware of it. Mercury is an energy of mind. And that awareness coming to mind, the awareness of where maybe we are not seeing things in the healthiest way or where perhaps it is our own projections are skewed emotions that are coloring how we are perceiving things that can give way to the greatest rebirth, the greatest empowerment. Something else that's fascinating is that it is Thursday or right around Thursday that Jupiter and Pluto uh, will perfect their conjunction. And of course, as I said, the very end of the week, Mars goes direct, but sandwich in the middle is the sun speaking in harmony with that conjunction of Jupiter and Pluto. Now, the type of conversation here is what astrologers call a sextile. And sextiles actually can work out more favorably than trines. Trines get a lot of glitz and glamour. They are blessings, but trines can make us lazy. It is sextiles that indicate blessings but also indicate opportunity. And it's up to us to embrace the opportunity by our action, 
by doing the work, by putting in the time or the effort or the insight. With a sextile, effort is rewarded, but the effort is a necessary condition. And in this way, sextiles can actually be seen as more positive than trines because they encourage us to do the work that progress or evolution or success can sometimes require. And so the fact that we've got this supportive energy of the sun and that conjunction of Jupiter and of Pluto, well, that can be a very powerful energy indeed. That can invite us to consider how this work that we might do towards transcending Mara, owning and moving beyond Mara can ultimately be something that returns us to ourself. We are motivated to do that work. We are motivated to tap into what otherwise might be very intense energies and allow them to fuel meaningful change in our lives. The sun is in the sign of Scorpio right now. So that is that sense of truth and meaningful change and meaningful transformation. What I love about this week for us, well, look, it is an intense sky without a doubt, and it's easy to get lost in it, but there's also tremendous potential here for truth, for power, for transcendence. And the transcendence is transcending Mara, transcending the false self, transcending the ego, being able to see our projections for what they are, just a mirror to ourself. And it is in this place of self-honesty that not only our own personal evolution can happen, but really it is through evolution that we will find peace. And where it is that peace is a priority within, and what I mean by that is being willing to look at where we feel chaotic, doing the very hard work of looking at where it is that we are unhappy, and in some cases painfully unhappy, instead of misdirecting the energy and projecting it outwards, but to fully embrace it and to get to the root of it, that is the pathway to freedom. And enlightenment is freedom. And we may not get there in this lifetime completely, right? We would have no reason to be incarnated if we were enlightened. What Gary Zukov calls the earth school, right? We are in this incarnation as part of the earth school to learn specific lessons as part of the human experience. It is the Buddhists understood um, the four faces of Mara as bringing forward some of what some of our most important lessons may be in this lifetime. But if we already mastered it, if we already got it, right? If we met Mara already, we're like, okay, thanks Mara, bye, <laughs> I'm done with you. Then we would move on to whatever's next, right? Beyond the earth school, whatever realm it is that our soul will continue to evolve at, will continue to move towards love and wisdom at or with, that is where we would go. You know, I have always said, uh, for ever since I was a little girl, I have said that I want to live until I'm 150 years old. I've always thought that. I remember as a little girl telling my grandmother that. I told my grandmother quite a few things when I was a little girl. And the reason was because even though I was taught and I do believe that we are eternal and we continue to live in one form or another after we've left our bodies and left this incarnation, there was a part of me that wanted to be aware of all the steps I'd taken in this lifetime. You know, that wanted to have the consciousness 
the understanding of the work that I had done over the course of one lifetime, whatever that may be, the experiences I'd had over the course of one lifetime, right? And even after 150 years of an incarnation, I really doubt that enlightenment would be reached. However, it is worth the work. The path towards enlightenment is not for the faint hearted. It is one for the strong and it is great strength that ultimately allows us to look at ourselves more deeply. It is a path that yes, it can be painful, but it is the path less traveled and it is a path with infinite rewards to it. And finally, I am going to leave you with a quote of the Buddha because he's been such an inspiration for this video today. And that is uh, one quote of the Buddha that a lot of us know, which is three things cannot be hidden for long, the sun, the moon, and the truth. And what your truth is, where you find it, it is on the other side of Mara. It is beyond the guck, beyond the pain, beyond the conditioning. It is on the other side of it that you find your essential nature. It is a nature of truth and truly meaningful peace. Well, thank you so much for watching. What do you love about this week? Let me know in the comments below. I love reading you guys. And to prove it to you, here are some of my favorite recent comments. Now I know that this is something brand new that I'm sharing with you now. And actually this is something that I saw on the Wise Crack YouTube channel. So thank you to them for this wonderful idea, a new way that I get to show you guys my gratitude and my appreciation. And of course, if you wanna know how all this wonderful stuff this week speaks to you and your sign, log on to NadiaShaw.com. Sign up to be one of my superstars. Superstars get expanded, exclusive video scopes each and every week, unlimited access to special horoscopes and more. All of this in the superstar space. I look forward to meeting you there. Recently announced brand new session of Synchronicity Universities right around the corner with my infamous choose your own tuition rate. I love that I'm able to offer classes to you guys uh, at an accessible price point. There are scholarships available as well, uh, partial scholarships and full scholarships uh, for whoever it is that does need it. You can use the form on my website. You can go to synchronicityuniversity.com and it is there that you get to learn all about not only the upcoming winter session 2021 of Synchronicity University, but so much more and to get that choose your own tuition rate, uh, whichever works for you. Now, here's the thing with 2021. This last year, I did a lot of focus on planets, right? That was a big focus of mine and I do love the planets. I feel them very near and dear to my heart. But what I'm gonna be doing in 2021 is bring a new focus on houses. In fact, we're going to have two classes per house over the course of 2021. I don't think we'll get through all of the houses in 2021. We may have to take it into 2022 as well. Now, the great thing is with these houses is that uh, for the new year, of course, uh, people are thinking about a few different things, ways to empower themselves. One way that people like to empower themselves is financially to consider prosperity. And so we are going to have two classes on the second house. Uh, we are going to have one class on the eighth house as well. It's called Money, Power and Respect. I think that's gonna be a lot of fun uh, to explore together. 
and we will have two highly requested classes. I mentioned series earlier in this video. We are going to have series part one, understanding series in your natal chart, moving through signs and houses. And we are also going to have a class on the astrology of the chakras and exploring the connection between the sky and the chakras as well. So I think it's going to be really rich, really full. I mean, talk about rich. Of course, we're going to be talking about prosperity as well and understanding how to tap into a meaningful prosperity for you and so much more over the course of the winter 2021 session. And links are in the description below or visit Synchronicity University to sign up before November 30th to take advantage of the choose your own tuition rate. But if you just can't wait to the new year, I've got classes underway right now at synchronicityuniversity.com with the autumn session part two. So over the course of this session, we are going to have Lilith part two, which is basically looking at Lilith in aspect to planets and points. We're going to have two classes on Mercury. And we're also going to have two classes on tarot for astrologers. And that is the minor arcana that we are going to focus on. So in the last session, we focused on the major arcana. For this session, we're going to focus on the minor arcana. Now, if it is that you know, because these tarot classes have been so popular, thank you so much. I'm so glad that so many people are enjoying them. But if you know that you want the tarot classes, first and foremost, now you can actually get a tarot for astrologers package available to you. So what happens when you get this package is you get the first classes on the major arcana. Well, first we look at the history of it, right? We dive into the philosophy. Then we start diving into each of the major arcana cards one at a time. That's the first two classes. You get the downloads immediately. You get instant access to those once you make your purchase and you will get the links. You'll be put on the list to get links to the classes on the minor arcana that are going to be coming up a little bit later as we move further into the autumn season. And so all of this and so much more at synchronicityuniversity.com or links in the description below. Now also underway is the speaker series of November 2020. Now the speaker series has been so popular and I'm so very excited about that. It was always a part of my vision to share other brilliant astrologers with you. And another very important part of my vision is to, on the one hand, bring uh, really big dog astrologers um, that otherwise maybe may not be as accessible uh, to you to learn from and to put them on the same stage as part of the same series with astrologers who are either up and coming or we can call them the the present of astrology right the future of astrology and to have them side by side so that you get to learn from them to support the upcoming generation the upcoming uh, members of our astrological community but also to celebrate the big dogs of our astrological community as well and it's been working out so very well i know students have absolutely been loving these classes and i'm so very grateful for that and so Last week, we had um, Zamboni Funk, and he taught on uh, what he called Look for the Helpers, which was Jupiter in 2021. But he touched on so many other aspects. He talked about Saturn in 2021 as well, square Uranus. And it was about helping us to understand the collective, but also how to tap into these energies. So that class is now available for download at synchronicityuniversity.com. Coming this week, 
big dog astrologer that I'm really so excited about, my very dear friend, the absolutely incredible and brilliant and fabulous Christopher Renstrom. Now, Christopher Renstrom has a brand new best-selling book called The Cosmic Calendar, and he is teaching his very first class on the Cosmic Calendar with us this week. And so if you'd like to sign up for that class and the upcoming classes as well, who do we have? We have Frank Clifford, seasoned astrologer, incredibly popular speaker. He is going to be speaking uh, as well. And he's going to be teaching something really practical, which is basically looking at the combination of the Ascendant and the Midheaven in your chart. And you can sign up for that as well online. Uh, we have Helene Cicero, and she is going to be teaching on family patterns in the astrology chart. You've seen her on my channel before. She is so eloquent, so beautiful, so brilliant. I think we're going to love that class. And we also have Adama Sase that you've also seen on my channel from Lilith Astrology, and she's going to be teaching on uh, life purpose in the astrology chart. So there's so much happening this week. And so much happening in the weeks ahead as part of the November 2020 speaker series at SynchronicityUniversity.com. Links are in the description below. I have books, right? I've got books on offer as well. I'm the author of four books. My most recent book is called The Universe is Wise and Loving. And this is an exploration of the nodes in the astrology chart. My book before that is called Prayers to the Sky. And this is like astrological magic light where we look at ways and practical ways at that to connect with the astrological and mythological planets. My book before that was Body and the Cosmos. The body of the cosmos uh, and this is me really being a nerd okay so i take the ideas of plato and i apply them to an astrological sky and then my very first book is called astrology realized your journey to understanding astrology now what i do in the first part of this book is i take you through the historical and philosophical history and development of astrology so you really understand the different phases and places that astrology has been to understand how it's become what it is today, especially in a modern Western context. And then it's very practical. Step by step, I teach you how to read a natal chart and your own birth chart at that. And so if you would like any of these books, they are available wherever books are sold and links are in the description below. And finally, if you would like my interpretation of your unique birth chart, check out my partnership with Cosmogram. Cosmogram is amazing. I actually went through all of the possible chart combinations where it comes to planets in your chart and I explore their interpretation. And so you do get my interpretation of your chart, what sign it's in, what house it's in, how it's aspecting other planets. Now, if you go to the link in the description below, uh, that link will take you to the page and you enter your birth data. And then within hours, you are emailed your own copy of a PDF of your unique birth chart and my interpretation of it. Now, if it is that you want a sample, that is also available at the link in the description below so you know exactly what it is that you're getting. Thank you so much for making this offering so popular. Uh, that really does mean so much to me that it is so meaningful to all of you. And the fact that it is loved and beloved, well, look, that was my goal with this offering. And I hope that you continue to enjoy it. I hope that you continue to love it. So thank you. And yes, if you want that, 
my interpretation of your unique birth chart, check out the links in the description below. And thank you. Thank you so much for your trust, for your love, for this moment, all of it. It does mean so much to me. Um, it means a lot to me that I get to share something of myself with you, something that feels like peace to me. And I know that what is peaceful to each person is unique to each of them. Um, but it is really when I'm in this moment with you where I get to share this part of myself uh, that I feel so at peace. And for that, I am so grateful to have this connection with you. Thank you. And thank you again for watching. It'll be a great week. Enjoy.